Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, our guest on the show today, we have Margo Ford of Fitness by Ford, joining us from Athens, Georgia. Margo, what's going on? How are you today? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I am doing very, very well. I'm excited. I'm honored to have you here as a guest. I, I can't wait to kind of pick your brain and see what's going on underneath the hood or, or behind the scenes of Fitness by Ford. But before we get into that, give us a little bit of a, a description of what this is. You know, the name isn't it doesn't explicitly tell us. So Fitness by Ford, when you explain to people what you do, give us a give us your answer. How do, how do we describe this business? Um, I'm a fitness trainer, but I only train women and the youth, which would be young girls between the age of six to 12. Got it. So fitness specific to women, take us back. I'm interested in, in the, the origination of all of this. So Bring me to not necessarily the first day that you opened the doors on this, but bring me to the day that the idea started formulating in your head. I think I'm going to start my own business. What was going on for you and and how did all of this get started? Uh, Well, it started really in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, People weren't able to leave their homes. People were eating more because they were stuck in their homes, but I still was finding ways to work out outside at home. I was still eating healthy. So I created virtual plans and everything I was doing in the beginning was virtual. So I started a 21 day app challenge where I had people sign up for it. I was giving them a meal plan so that way they were able to work out from home and continue to lose weight and stay on a healthy journey being stuck inside of the house. Got it. And so it started kind of just as a a hobby, a passion. At what point did it solidify and become kind of, hey, I think I could make my full-time living from this? What was the transition point for you? Um, Really right after the pandemic, I I knew I wanted to be a trainer, but I also was just kind of nervous. I didn't know if people would trust me into being their fitness trainer. It's one of those things I just kind of had to hop out on faith and it Mm -hmm. really just fell into place. Yeah. It's, it's funny because I hear all the time where it wasn't originally planned to become full-time for people. It was just kind of something I started on the side, whether it was for fun or for passion for you on faith, but over time it, it picked up steam to the point where it became viable for this to be an income source for you. Tell me a little about just the the years that you've been doing this, look back and reminisce. What's been your favorite part about running your own business and, and follow that up with what's been the toughest part? What's been the biggest challenge for you running? Uh, your own my business? favorite part is just helping so many different women. You know, you don't realize how many women are self-conscious about how they look. And a lot of people don't like to go to the gym because they're worried people are staring at them and judging them because a lot of times they don't know how to use the machines. They don't know what they're doing. So having an environment where women can come and be themselves and be comfortable is my ultimate goal. Um, The most challenging things are keeping consistent clients. You know, Mm -hmm. it it starts off 
and you, you get all excited. Yeah, I want to go work out. And then when you get there and you actually start doing the workouts, it can be challenging. And sometimes some people find themselves like this is just too hard and they don't keep the motivation to keep trying because eventually if you just keep doing something, you're eventually going to get better. So it's the keeping the consistent clients. And I've also learned that people are into fitness mostly January till about August. And then they start to slowly lose that motivation in the winter. So my goal is to try to keep women motivated to work out year round, not just when it's warm outside. Yeah, it's it's funny because a lot of the time people say similar answers on this. You know, I love the relationships that I've been able to build, but the reality is the product that I offer, it forces people to change. You know, it requires effort. It requires attention and time and, and keeping people coming back can be just as big of a challenge as getting people in in the first place over the the past couple of years that you've been doing this since you've had the physical facility what have you done what have you found successful to bring in new clients and what have you done that you probably wouldn't recommend to other business owners um, just staying consistent, even when you have the slow months, don't let it discourage you. Still continue to market your business. I think that I'm very big of marketing on social media, but not so much off of social media. And that's something I need to work towards, you know, newspaper ads, you know, leaving flyers at different places. That's something I, I do, but I'm not consistent with. So, yeah, I want to I want to pick your brain on the social media piece here, because I think it's such a driving force in our industry for so many people. What does that look like for you? What are we doing on social media to help grow your business? Um, running ads, posting about my business. If I have a client that I've, I've noticed that there's, I'm seeing a physical change in them, I ask, hey, is it okay if we update your before and after picture? Is it okay if we post it? Typically when other people see a physical change, that motivates them to want to move forward and work out. People are very visual when it comes to fitness. When they see that someone is getting results, then that usually motivates them to want to try it. Yeah. And so showcasing and documenting a lot of your clients' journeys and making it realistic for people to see that they can do it, I think that's that's necessary 100%. For your purposes here, has that been just on the free side of social media, putting out content, putting out videos, or have you like advertised using these things? I've done both. Most of it is more on the free side, just posting on my business page, my personal page, having clients post and tag me. Yeah, I think there's, I mean, there's definitely value to both, right? People assuming that they had a good experience and got results, of course, they're going to share it with people especially on social media, it's so easy to like a post and to comment, to share, and to share it with their ecosystem, their crowd, their followers, whatever that is. Um, how did the, how was your experience with the advertising piece of this? It's kind of a hot button topic in our industry. I think I, I talked to a lot of people who try it and love it or try it and hate it. Where were you in that? Um, I liked it. You just got to make sure you're targeting the right audience. I feel like I wasn't necessarily targeting the right audience because even though I only train women, that means I need to go in there and make sure I'm marketing and it's getting to just women. Mine was also 
being advertised all over to different genders. So I would have people reaching out to me and I'm just like, you know, I'm sorry, it's women only. So it's just making sure that you're targeting the correct audience that you want. And that that's right there, what you just said, I think the the challenge for people, you know, when you thought about opening up your your gym, you were talking about helping women and getting them to change their lives. And I don't think correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that you were thinking about sitting on Facebook and running ad campaigns and figuring out all of these skills behind the scenes. It's just, it's hard a lot of the time when we have to figure out one, who is the people, who are the people that we want to target and two, how do we do that? These are skills, you know, this is a marketing, marketing industry and it can be difficult to figure out how to do that. Take me to the next step, Margo. I want to hear a little about how people sign up for this so hypothetically somebody reaches out to you to to come to the facility in in some capacity walk me through the different steps involved for that person to actually sign up okay well, once someone reaches out to me i ask them you know what are your fitness goals are you interested in group classes or do you want personal training and if they tell me personal training, then I go a little bit more in depth because I need to know exactly what are your goals. I need to know your availability to see if it matches mine because I have to also work around my group classes because the group classes are set in stone. They're Monday through Thursday, 5 p.m., 6 p.m., 7 p.m. So personal training has to be around that. Um, I have a website. It's fitbyford.com, and that's how you book me. But for personal training, you cannot book me on my website until we talk first because I need to know that we're able to be able to work together because it's personal. It's just me and you. So we need to make sure that we're on the same page. Yep. With it, with it being just you and and people being able to sign up online as well as in person, how, once they get to the facility and they sit down and you guys have a conversation, what is that conversation usually about? Um, It's usually just, you know, once they're there, they've already signed up. Most people don't come to me until they've already signed up online usually. Um, But they come in and they just patiently wait until the class starts. You know, we introduce them to everybody. And the classes are typically small. They're never really more than 10 to 12 people there. So it's pretty simple. You know, I make sure that they sign their waiver before they start Mm -hmm. working out, make sure that they have their water, make sure that they're comfortable. Yep. You mentioned one thing earlier that I, that I want to expand on now, and it's, being able to keep people as members for the long haul. What do you think you need to do to to kind of plug that hole in the bucket? How can or what ideas do you have to to make sure that members are staying members for long term? That's something I'm still working on. I don't necessarily have a full in-depth plan yet, but I have a few clients that that stick around and I ask questions, you know, usually when I notice someone hasn't come back, I reach out to see why. And from what I've been told, is usually finances or they just felt like they couldn't do it. So this, I've had some people say, you know, I really feel like maybe if I just kind of do some things on my own, then I could work up and come back later. But I also try to tell people like, well, still you should come back and just modify the workouts and I'll let you go at your own pace. I'm not going to push you as hard as I would someone else that I know is capable of doing the workout. Yeah. Is it group training clients? Is it personal training clients? Is it both? that we feel like we need to, to work on bringing it's up above, that. Yes. Yeah. No. Okay. Now zoom out on all of this, Margo. I mean, we, we chatted a little about 
how you got the business started and, and what that took. And we just spent a minute talking about kind of how we grow now, but paint me a picture of where all of this is going. As you think about your business and, and where you'd like to see it long-term, kind of tell me some of the, the ideas or the visions that you have big picture for your business. Um, some of the visions that I have, I want to definitely work more with kids. I want to work more with kids right now. It's kind of challenging because I have my group classes in the evenings and kids are usually only available in the evenings because of school. So I try to get them where I have a fit camp one Saturday out of the month. And I also offer a summer camp, which is one month out of the summer. So in the near future, I would like to be able to open a fitness after school. So that way it's an after-school program where they come, they work out, they learn about different nutrition things. A lot of kids I've realized is they're, they actually really enjoy working out, but some of them don't know it because if their mom or their dad doesn't work out and they don't eat healthy, then the, the child typically doesn't. So once they're introduced to it, they adapt to it. So it's just trying to be able to introduce that to children at a young age so that when they grow up, it becomes part of their lifestyle. Yeah. And so expanding kind of the the demographic that we serve and, and bolting on new services along the way, let me ask you this and completely hypothetical at this point, but we start adding a lot of members, we get this after school program up and running. What comes after that? What's what's sort of that that big scary dream that you have? <laughs> Multiple locations. I always tell people I, I really want my own fitness like for planet fitness type style gym. Because right now it's more like a fitness studio. But eventually one of these days I want a huge gym, multiple locations worldwide, not just Athens, Georgia. Yeah. It's a it's a fun conversation <laughs> and I love going down that route because it gets people's imaginations going right. crazy. <laughs> and and it's always fun. You know, I I want you to to think in your memory bank here. And, and this is kind of the, the last question. We'll start to wrap things up. But you got your business started fairly recently in the grand scheme of things. For somebody who is looking to follow in your footsteps and start a similar looking business, what would be the best advice that you could give to them? Um, just stay consistent and learn that fitness is typically busy the beginning part of the year. So you have to really market yourself and prepare yourself for the slow season. You know, I talked to multiple trainers when I realized that my sales was dropping, I was taking it personal and was thinking that it was something I was doing wrong. And they were like, no, we're all slow right now. So you just have to find other things to, to help bring in more clients. You know, maybe offer fitness challenges. You have to run deals during your slow time of the year. Just pretty much sit down and come up with a plan to keep you motivated and busy. Yeah. Stay, stay consistent is the, the main thing. Yeah, Even though it slows down, you still have to offer the same things. You still have to keep the same hours. Just stay consistent. It sounds it sounds simple, but at the end of the day, this is a business and we need yeah. customers, right? Yep. Like I said, Margo, we're, we're running a little bit shy on time, but I do want to save a minute for you to be able to tell people where they could learn more about what you do. What's the website? What's the social media? How can people connect with you? Um, my website is www.fitbyford.com. I'm also on Instagram. It's fitness with two Z's underscore by Ford. Tremendous, simple, and straight 
forward. Margo, this has been awesome. I always, I kind of, I love getting the chance to look behind the scenes into businesses like this to see what it is that people are thinking about and, and where all of this, where their efforts are going. And so it's still early and, and I'm sure you have a lot of moves and a lot of ideas planned, but we'll be cheering and, and I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host today, Adam, and today with me is the one and only Evie with Keep Fit Training out of Winter Springs, Florida. Evie, how are you today? I am well. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well as well. I cannot complain. It is sunshine. It's a little chilly, but I'll take it. Yeah, it's a little chilly over here too, but I mean, 70 for us is chilly, quote unquote. <laughs> hey, that's, I still feel that it's, it's like 65 here and I'm like, Oof. yeah. So, well, cool. I, uh, will be actually down, down South in, uh, about about three weeks so I'm excited nice um but cool enough about that let's talk about you go ahead and give our listeners who you are what you've done ultimately what led you to keep fit training all right what's up guys how is everyone doing on this Tuesday well my name is Evie and I am a certified personal trainer in Winter Springs Florida um, I've been a trainer now for six years. Um, in total, I've actually had my own have my own storefront for the past two years and five months. So we're going on two years and a half next month. And um, I went from working a corporate life um, to going full time training. Um, I would hold a you know nine to five job and still take on three to four clients between. 5.30 and 7.30 a.m. And then right after my full work of uh, being on the computer, I would go back to the gym and train some more clients. And I was actually working out of a um, family-owned gym in Longwood before I decided to actually take this thing, you know, full throttle. So it was a big risk, but it was a risk that I was, that worked out in my favor. And I honestly wish I would have done it years ago. Well, that's awesome. It's uh, kind of like seeing everything coming to fruition from, you know, a, a dream and a vision and a passion. Right. I was just afraid to always uh, actually do it. So, you know, <laughs> that's that that's it. That's it right there. Uh, there's not there's no other way to say it than just just doing it. That's, you know, I think that myself included, like, that's where I'm at. And I feel like, you know, a lot of gym owners that did that it's like you just got to do it you 
you can yeah sometimes yeah sometimes you gotta you gotta take risks to actually like reap the reward because you just never know you know and if you come back if you come from you know having knowledge of being like i was saying before i was an administrative assistant for many many years and i know all office work all of it from a to z and knowing all of that and saying hey if this gym thing doesn't work, I can always fall back to it. Um, so that was my thought process in saying, I'm just going to go with it. And I never went back. <laughs> Amazing. And, and that's right. It's kind of, it's kind of like in our brain or in your brain, you're saying like, okay, listen, I have a fallback. We're just going to do this thing. Right. Yeah. Cool. All right, Evie. Well, I was like, when I see interesting names, kind of give us a little bit of background on you know, why keep fit? What what was kind of the logic and the thought process behind naming your facility that? Um, the reason why I named it keep fit training is because this is something that was more than something temporary for me. I wanted this to be a life-changing name for everyone, um, a walking representation of who I am, keep fit. You got to like keep doing it. It doesn't stop. So when it comes to that name specifically, for instance, if I have a, a prospect coming in and they want to talk to me about their goals, you know, the first question I ask is, how serious are you with this? Is this something that you're just trying to, you know, look fit for the summer? Is this a lifestyle change Do you want to take, you know, going on? Like all of it. So if I hear someone say, oh, I'm just trying to get a six pack in eight weeks. I'm sorry, I'm not the trainer for you. Um, you know, this is, I'm going to be realistic here. Um, I'm expecting you to be with me for the long haul. And I want to see you make changes. You know, it's just not the physical appearance. It's not just the vanity for me. It's, it's something that I want people to feel from within because that's the most important. If you feel strong and powerful from in, within, everything else falls into place. So that's why I really, really named it Keep Fit Training because you just got to keep freaking going. And energize, energize money, don't stop. That's my cat. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, precious. Um, well, cool. I like that analogy. I like that a lot. I think that resonates with a lot of people. You know, it's it's not a short-term, you know, quick fix, but it's, you know, it took you X amount of years to get where you are. If you're not happy with that, it's going to take X amount of time to get to where you want to be. And there's exactly. no magic pill, even though. No magic pill. I mean, there's thousands out there, but... Uh... <laughs> It ain't hocus pocus. Yeah, exactly. All right, Evie. So you kind of gave, you know, a little background on, you know, like who you kind of take on as clients and, you know, the, the expectation, not only from them, but from you as well for them, you know, what's kind of like, you know, your elevator, not elevator pitch, but like all the services that you do offer, whether like you do just personal training, maybe small, semi-private, like two, three, um, or like nutritional things, anything like that what's kind of like the full service variety that you offer? And then also, you know, you kind of answered it in a way, but you know, how, how do you make sure that, you know, you guys are really going to be the best fit together aside from, you know, the long haul. So as crazy as this sounds, I know from the first conversation during our consultation, if you're going to take this serious or not, I, I just, I already, I feel it. It's like just a vibe I get from people. So if I feel like you're someone who's only going to last about a month, 
I don't take you on. I already know. Um, so the services I provide in, in my studio is I have one-on-one -on -one personal training, um, small group training. I'm also a sports nutritionist. So I do nutrition plans. And I also have another uh, business that I run myself as well. It's a meal prepping business and it's called Creating Healthy Eating Patterns. So I like to create meals that are realistic for people. Um, you know, not eating the lettuce and a 1200 calorie diet. Um, it's not realistic for me. It's not something that I believe in. So I do not like preaching it for my clients either. Um, well, I'm only one person in my studio. So <laughs> it's hard for me to do all day one-on-one. So if I happen to have, you know, two, three people on the floor, I'm pretty like running around like an octopus. Uh, so, but uh, I'm not gonna break. I mean, I'm not gonna fix that something that's not broken. Um, it's been working for me for the past two years and five months. So, you know, I I'm just gonna keep doing it until something changes. Yeah, now with that being said, you know, you're kind of running around in all the different angles and stuff, you know, have you <clears throat> felt like, I, like passion only takes us so far you know, for so long, you know, have you at any point in time felt, you know, a little bit of like burnout or like, man, that was a lot like, you know, breathe for a second, you know, how's that, how's that kind of been, you know, in your startup process from where you are now? Um, it was very difficult for me in the beginning. Um, cause I had about four clients in the very, very beginning and dealing with different personalities was kind of tough. And I was bringing that energy, uh, with me at home and it was kind of affecting my home life. And, you know, as a personal trainer, you, you're also, you know, a therapist, you give advice, you listen to everyone's issues, and then you like kind of reflect on yourself with it. So I've just learned to, you know, listen, um, give some good feedback and leave it at the door when I close, uh, when I close shop. Um, it's, it does have its, you know, overwhelming times, but I learned to navigate that, uh, not take it so personal. Um, this is what I, you know, sometimes I have to remind myself, this is what I love. This is what I do. I'm a teacher. This is, you know, this is what I was destined to do. So anything, any, you know, career that anyone's destined to do and really has a passion for it, you know, it comes with its stuff that you have to deal with. Um, not everything's going to be peaches and cream. So, Right now, I have 38 clients, actually 39, and sometimes I have 12 people on the floor, and I just get through it, and I just thank God at the end that I was able to survive it. Everyone had a great workout, and that's it. I go about my day. Yeah, great analogy. It's, you know, you, uh, it's so easy to, to just, like, that energy and that, 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 you know, tenacity that's, that's at work. And then like, you're ah, and you come home and then all of a sudden it's like, you just keep going. And it's like, hold on, wait a minute. Like, let me take a second, disconnect, leave that stuff right here. Come back to my, my peace, my home, you know, like me. And then you pick it back up the next day. Right. Yeah. That I think that it takes, I mean, you could probably speak to this, but I, th I feel like it takes somebody that's been through that. And that has the experience to know, Hey, work is work life is life or personal life right. is personal life. you know you right. yes sometimes they get intertwined but you have to like mentally actually figuratively say okay I'm disconnecting I'm going home we'll pick it up tomorrow I'm not going to bring any like energy even if it's positive because 
that's the work side of things, right? So for you, right, you have to create a balance yeah. because that can also, you know, mess up your mental space. And that's, if you're not good up there, then how are you going to be effective for everyone else? So yeah. And then it's like, you don't know different. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, cool. So um, studio size, you said uh, about 1100 square feet and you said 30, 39 clients. 39. Excellent. So you know, before we get too, too deep in you, what are, you know, some of your bigger picture, short-term, long-term goals, you know, the rest of this year, the next couple of years to follow, where do you really want to take your training facility? I like the studio size that I have currently. It's really um, homey. Um, I've built such great relationships with my clients that, you know, I'm pretty much with them more than I am with my family. So I do consider them family. Um, I like my studio size. Eventually, I would like to, you know, get another studio of that size in a different location in the Orlando area specifically, like Orange County, something that's, you know, drives more, more traffic um, and try to find some trainers that have personalities like me, because that's, you know, what people are expecting out of Keep the Training. Um, you know, I, I'm, I yell, I'm loud, I make jokes, I make fun of people, but you know, it's, it's all about having fun. Um, everyone's there to do the same exact thing. It's, you know, no judgment. Everyone's friends with one another. So that's the atmosphere, atmosphere I would like to build in Orlando somewhere. Um, the rest of my goals for this year is I really, really, really want to open up a storefront for my meal preps. So that's gonna come up first before I try to find a new location for another studio. Excellent. And then obviously the meal prep and your fitness studio kind of coincide and go hand in hand. Coincide, yep, hand in that. hand. So I do have, uh, I cook for a majority of my clients. And then I have just customers that, you know, live um, hectic, busy lives, um, don't have time to cook. Um, are always traveling and, you know, they come and pick up their meals or I deliver that uh, to them every Monday and it works. So it's been really well. I've been doing that for about a year and a half. And then I cook about 150 to about 175 weekly. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot. So I'm doing that and managing my, uh, my studio and training 39 clients weekly. So my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Caffeine is not, is, is, is the, the drug of choice. That's Oh, it is what it is. My husband's like, more caffeine, more espresso. Yep. Well, yeah. How do you expect me to get through my day? <laughs> right. You expect me to slave in this kitchen for 185 meals or? Exactly. I get that. I feel that. Um, well, in spite or in lieu of all of that, how do you manage your studio with everything else that is going on? If I... If I knew the answer to that, I would tell you, I don't, I don't know how I do it. I really do not know how I do it. Um, I guess between the break and between and working out, right. Cause I have to look the part. <laughs> yeah. You, you gotta stay, you gotta stay true to yourself. Exactly. So, you know, gym session, 45 gym session, I can get in, you know, four times a week, the most. Um, that's my therapy. So between, you know, my clients, if I can get a gym session in, come home, prepackage some, you know, labeling and containers. Uh, I do have my son helping me uh, with prep work. And then Sundays, you know, we just get busy. 
Um, I don't know how to do it. Everyone always asks me, how do you manage it? I don't know. I just freaking do it. I'm just motivated and I have a job. I have a task and I'm just going to fulfill it. There's no excuses for me. Um, I don't like being lazy. I just get, get it done. And that's that. Yeah. You can't think about it. Just got to do it. Right. All right. Well, let's kind of dive in, you know, lead generation for your studio. All right. Um, where do most of your leads come in and how many would you say on average month over month do you get? Most of my leads come through word of mouth um, and Instagram. Um, I get about, I would say four monthly on Instagram. And if I have the time to take them in, I will. If not, I kind of just say, hey, when, when I have some time to free up, let's book a consultation and let's set you up. I always like starting with the consultation first because that's how I feel if this is something you truly want or not. Um, but right now four is good enough for me because that's all I can handle um, until I get another space. And then it'll be a different story. I can start expanding more um, with other platforms to, to gain more clients. Yeah. So <clears throat> in your current facility, you know, it sounds like there's there's a little room for growth, obviously, in conjunction with your other things they have going on. Do you, right. Are you planning to, and you, you did mention this, but are you planning to bring on another like-minded trainer individual such as yourself in this year alone? Or is that kind of, you know, uh, like on the fence? I don't want to. I don't want to. I thought I did in the very beginning. I, I uh, mentioned it to my clients. Um, in the Florida, in Florida, it's, it's very saturated with <laughs> personal trainers and not everyone has the same style as you. And, and although that's something that I would have to learn to accept, um, it's hard being, you know, uh, sending my clients off to someone else who's totally different for me um, because majority of, of them been with me for half a year to a year. I have clients that have been with me for five years straight. Um, so when I do open up my new space, I will definitely hire people. But for now, this is just going to be my personal studio who uh, a clients who specifically want to just work with me will be here. Nice. And then to piggyback off that, you know, you're, Training style seems just, you know, from listening and everything and like very upbeat, very energy, very kind of, you know, fierce. Yeah, high energy. Oh, yeah. How, how do you do your programming for each client, you know, or even like small groups? Like, do you have like a method behind the structure? Is, is it all dependent upon each specific person? Kind of walk us through that a little bit. It's all it's all uh, geared to like specific goals. Um but like I was saying before, I am one person. So if I have, say, for instance, three girls that really, really want to work on their glutes and legs, and I'm going to have those three together. You know, that's how I, I micromanage everything in the studio. But for first comers, I pay most attention to uh, because I need you to feel comfortable. And I need to watch every movement that you do, <laughs> make sure you don't injure yourself. And then when I feel that you're comfortable enough, then I can tear you, hey, you know, for instance, hey, Josiah, focus on these three workouts for three sets. If you need me, I am literally right here. 
and that doesn't happen until I know until I know for sure that you're totally comfortable, that I feel like you're comfortable with every move and you know what you're doing. Um, so that's how I, I, I do it. And I've been so fortunate with the clients that I have now. A lot of people have become friends where they like working with one another. So it's been just really, and I'm not gonna say really, but it's been easy going, it honestly has. No, that's awesome. It, it kind of make makes for a better environment when everybody kind of gets along a little bit, and you know, there's more of a community atmosphere. Atmosphere, yeah, accountability. Feel. They they like the challenge, the accountability part. So it's it's been working very well. So let kind of you know speaking to that point, let's touch on you know the challenges and the accountability. You know, in what ways are you holding your clients accountable? What ways do you challenge them after they've been with you for X amount of time? My workouts are never the same. Um, you're always gonna be sore. <laughs> uh, I don't like cookie cutter programs. Um, I like to switch things up to make it fun. Sometimes we play games. Uh, sometimes I'll create challenges within the group uh, to spice things up. Cause I want you to feel like you wanna come to the studio. I never want it to feel like a burden for anyone. Um, you know, sometimes I'll have you run around the building. Sometimes I'll just have you run inside. Um, a lot of plyo stuff, whatever it is, battle ropes, whatever it is to make it fun. Um, so that's how I, I tier that program. Uh, the accountability falls really, really heavy with me. I do not play any games. I am on your behind uh, when you're in the studio and when you're out the studio. I follow everyone's accounts. If I see that you're doing something that I didn't, you know, I don't agree with, then I'm shouting you out. Um, there's no shame in that, but you know, that's what makes it fun. Um, and that's how I've built such great relationships with my clients because you're not just coming into the studio and you go about your business until I see you again. Um, we are becoming friends because if this, if, if this is going to work inside the studio, but you're outside the studio doing whatever you want, then that's a false representation of what I'm offering here. You need to be a walking representation of what Keep Fit Training is about. I don't need someone saying, hey, you've been working out for about a year, but why do you still look like that? No, 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 no. You know, we're going we're gonna to make progress. You're going to get the gains that you're looking for. You're going to lose the weight that you're looking for. You're going to gain the muscle that you're looking for. So I take that really, really, really serious when it comes to the accountability part. Yeah, and you have to because they're they're paying for a service. You're delivering that service, but it comes down to, you know, what's the value that's going to be provided inside of that service? Right. Well, this is why, this is specifically why I don't take people who are just want short-term goals because it's not going to work for me. I'm not going to enjoy it. I want to see the transition, you know, and it takes a while for the transition. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in a month and it's not going to happen in three months. you got to keep doing it. Yeah. And then what would you say, what, I know this is like, and I hate using this word too, but this is kind of like a cliche, you know, question, but it's like, what have been some of the most you know, since you started in, you know, your own entrepreneurship, what has been the most rewarding outcomes or successes or, or just feelings, you know, from, you know, doing what you've initially set out to do? When, 
my clients come up to me and say, you know, thank you for changing my life, not just for, you know, getting stronger, for, but for my mental space, like, you know, when they tell me they feel good about themselves, that they feel confident, that they feel confident walking in the gym, that they feel sexy putting on clothes, you know, that for me is the biggest reward. If I can make you feel good from inside, I've done my job. Yeah, the best feeling right there. All right. So a few more things for you. And, you know, with, with your with your current setup, what would you say, just, just in like the fitness alone, not all the other stuff they have going on too, what would you say has been the most challenging for you year to date? Um, and then what has been, something that you thought was going to be challenging that was actually not as bad? The most challenging um, is having within, within the 39 clients I've had, I would say a very small percentage or maybe like 2%, very, very small. The biggest challenge is people giving up before, you know, seeing what their potential truly is. And, you know, I preach this all the time, this fitness stuff, man, it's not easy. <laughs> it sucks, man, it really does. And I, I don't, I, I'm really big on being transparent with that. But like I say, it's either you want it or you don't. So there's never really an, an in-between. So the biggest challenge is people giving up too easy. Um, that's and and I take that to heart because it's like you didn't give it a chance. You know, I was one hundred percent there with you, but you know, and I do understand that you know, this stuff can be expensive, man. It can be, um, but I like to put in perspective for people that I mean, you you walk into a Target expecting to buy Tide Pods or whatever it is, and then you end up spending $200. And then it's like, what in the world just happened? But then you put in perspective that way, like, listen, you just spent $200 walking to Target. That $200 is the same $200 you could have put in your fitness and wellness. So that's challenging to, you know, explaining that to people who, who think that fitness and wellness is a big expense, but imagine the expense in the future, you know, when you don't work on yourself, you know, medications, co-pays, that's going to be way more money in the end. So those two things specifically are my biggest challenges yet. Explaining, try to make people understand, you know, and that's about it, honestly. Yeah. Have you ever taken any like, you know, courses on, you know, overcoming objections or sales trainings or just anything to like make you a more well-rounded business entrepreneur trainer as a whole to kind of maybe fuel those, you know, th those conversations a little bit better? I haven't. I haven't. Um, will I be, am I interested in it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just, you know, timing. I mean, there's 24 hours in a day, but man, that thing flies. Um, but yeah, I have it. Am I interested in doing it? For sure, for sure. 
with time, you know. <laughs> right. When you're not cooking and then, you know, managing the business and then doing the business and then. Right. Everything you know. else. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, cool, Evie. Uh, last couple things here for you today. I always like to ask this towards the end, and that would be what words of advice would you give somebody that's looking to start their fitness journey? You know, they're opening up their own kickboxing studio, group fitness, personal training, whatever it is. You know, what would you say to them to get started? For business owners specifically? Yes. Hey, man. Uh, you just really got to kick the door in and <laughs> give it your all. Just do it because you really never know if this is going to be the biggest, most greatest thing you've ever done in your life. Um, stop worrying about what people are going to think, their criticism, you know, if, if they're in, in your ear and saying, hey, this is not going to work, you're not going to make money. Well, you do it anyway, because as bad as you're going to, as bad as you want it, you're going to put in all of your time and energy into it and it's going to work. And to fall back on that quote, either you want it or you don't. So go for it. Excellent. Well said. Uh, and then last but not least is we love to give a good shout out for your facility. So Hell right yeah. shout out your facility. How can everybody listen to you? How can everybody reach you? All right, guys. Uh, keep fit underscore training. That is me. Look me up. Follow me. Um, I'm always posting funny stuff on there. So some gym reels, um, workouts you can grab for free. Um, really easy to talk to. DM me. Don't be shy. I, I'm always the person to respond back. And uh, yeah, hit me up. Thank you. Excellent, Evie. Well, for everybody out there listening, if you want a fun, fierce-filled workout and something that's going to be there for the long haul, then Evie is the girl for you. Um, and then if you would like to be on the show, feel free to click on the link below, type in your info, we'll get in touch and we'll get you on the show. But until then, y'all, that's been another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. Gym Lords, out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, our guest on the show today, we have Mr. Michael Petrella of STG Strength and Power joining us from Paris, Ontario. Michael, what's going on, sir? How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? 
very, very well. I, I appreciate you asking, and I'm excited to get into this. I always enjoy, and this isn't, I mean, geographically not a huge distance, but the international aspect of this where U.S. gym owners can compare to how things are operating in Canada and the like, the reverse. For a little bit of context here, Michael, before we go down the rabbit hole of, of what running this business actually entails, give us a, a little bit of a description of what STG is in your own words. So what we focus on at STG is one-on-one -on -one strength training. We don't have any memberships. We only have one-on-one -on -one training. We've done a little bit of group stuff here and there, but we don't really promote it. We focus on training the full body for most people. Uh, we only get into the split routines when we're dealing with people in the bodybuilding community, when the aesthetics is their specific goal. We also have physiotherapists and registered massage therapists on staff. So we work with a lot of people with orthopedic concerns. And the gym itself is uh, extremely well equipped. We've uh, gone out of our way over many years to buy what we believe to be some of the best possible equipment. And a lot of the equipment represents an orthopedic concern that somebody's had over the last 15 or 16 years. Yeah. And fill in the blanks here, but you have a pretty lengthy resume when it comes to entrepreneurship in the fitness industry. Give me some some highlights on that action list of how we got here and, and what it meant for you to be a business owner even prior to STG. I started training people in 2006 and it was just actually in my parents' basement. So I don't, I don't consider that a a real business at that point. I was just training friends and I was on a competitive hockey team. I trained a lot of my teammates. And in, I believe it was 2007, yeah, about a year later, I leased my first spot. It was in a town called Cambridge, Ontario. And it was actually just in a factory. In the factory, there was about five or six other small businesses that all leased space. And then of course, when the recession hit, it affected everybody. Now my business was going well enough but the actual space that we leased, the business owner had to kick all of us out and had leased the building to someone who could take over the entire space. Mm -hmm. So this led me to buying my first property and building my first building for, um, uh -huh. for the gym. Okay. So that was my that was my third gym. And I, again, I want to either succeed or fail on my own merits. Uh, if I leased space again, it was possible that at no fault of my own, I could essentially kind of lose my business overnight. We outgrew that space, and in 2011, end of 2011, beginning of 2012, we bought our fourth gym, which was uh, exactly twice as big as the stage three, we called it. And then in 2019, we finished construction on our fifth facility, which is exactly twice as big as the fourth one was. So we just kind of keep expanding over time. Many evolutions along the way, and we could certainly spend plenty of time going down the rabbit hole of, of lease versus own and pros and cons both ways. I think that would pretty much monopolize the entirety of our time here. So we won't go too far that way, but give me the, the biggest differences in your mind of what you focused on in the early days of running gyms versus what you focus on now as an owner. In the early days, you pretty much have to wear all the hats. And back then it, it was just me and um, the space wasn't wasn't too crazy. The, the stage three was only a thousand square feet. So you did all the cleaning, you did all the training. Um, we didn't market a whole lot 
back then. It was very private nature. In fact, we've always been that way. So you just find that you're all encompassing when, when it comes to the operation. Now, I still do train people on a day-to-day -day basis, but I have other trainers who take up a lot of the, the workload. I have someone who comes in and, and cleans it regularly. Obviously, I, I don't have time to do all that yeah. stuff anymore. I, I have a good amount of people around me that take away some of the stuff that would generally take up a lot of my time in the early stages. So there's just a natural transition to working in the business and working on the business. Now, now, personally, I like training people. And even if the business got so large that I guess you could say my time was worth too much to train people, I would still look to train people because I still have a certain passion for doing that. But there's definitely a, a transition that very naturally occurs as you get busier. Yeah, I, I find that conversations, especially on this platform, usually go one of two ways. And it's the gym owner who has not yet reached that point of delegation where, like you said, they are the CEO, they're the head coach, they're the head janitor, they're director of marketing, they're all of these things. And at a certain point through growth, through revenue growth or profit growth or whatever that looks like, delegation becomes a bigger option or a more realistic option to where we can hand off some of those responsibilities, but I appreciate the mentality that you finished with there and that even if it wasn't the most lucrative use of my time or the best, biggest ROI, I would still train people for the love of the game. You know, I think that's a sign that you picked the right industry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. I, I tell people all the time, if say I won the lottery tomorrow and you guys got that big Powerball down in the States. You know, someone gets a billion dollars or something like that. Yeah. I, I do believe if someone dropped $1 billion into my bank account tomorrow, that I would still go into work and, and train some people. I, I probably wouldn't charge them anymore because I really don't need, need to. to. <laughs> but it's still it's still what I like to do. So there there is this fantastic thing that happens when every day you wake up and you get to do what you enjoy and you get to help people. So yeah, you got to pay bills and obviously you want to be profitable and you want to grow. And the more you grow, the more people you can help, but still just having that training session with the people. And I say this all the time, that's what really matters. There's other things you have to focus on, but if you create a quality session for somebody that is truly your product, at least if you do personal training. And uh, as long as you make sure that every session that goes out is the best you could possibly be a lot of the other problems with the business tend to take care of themselves. Yep. One thing that you mentioned along the way that, that I wanted to pick your brain and dive a little deeper on was the aspect of marketing here. And you said early on, we didn't do a lot of marketing. How has that strategy evolved over time for you? And what does it look like now? It's funny. I actually did a private podcast on, in 2018, which I had never heard because it was on uh, a platform where there was a paywall. So I, I wasn't even a member of the, the podcast, so I had never heard it. And in 2018, I was talking about our social media strategies mm -hmm. and everything else in the podcast would still make sense today, except for the social media strategies. For the most part, they've been so down-regulated that unless you're putting in a decent amount of money into Meta on a, on a monthly basis, nobody sees your content anymore. So whereas in 2018, we were, I'm not going to say we were, we were heavy <laughs> in social media, but we certainly used Facebook quite a bit more. Whereas now 
we post stuff just to, you know, if someone wants to look us up, we have a, a presence. But certainly we've seen on our back end of things that our just our website and Google searches has completely supplanted anything to do with social media outside of just making sure you have a presence so people know that you're still active. Um, yep. We don't really do much with social media anymore, whereas in 2018, it was a much bigger strategy for us. And then, of course, um, you're probably not familiar with Paris, Ontario and the surrounding area, but it is a very small town feel, small town atmosphere. So still to this day, word of mouth referral has been the greatest thing. And that gets back to making sure you do a quality session with people. Yeah. But uh, being, a, being a good trainer, having a good product, having your clients be your best cheerleaders has always been number one, still is to this day. And then we've certainly um, kind of, I won't say we've dropped off social media, but we now understand that it's not the the presence and the power that it once had. And now just even having a website. And the interesting thing about the website, we have quite a few pages where you can find anything you want to know about us. But we have um, a program that runs in the back end that lets us know how they found us, how long they stay on the website, what pages they visit, and gives us all that information. I don't think there's anybody who's on the page for more than 60 seconds. The only two pages they look at is your front page and your contact page. So yeah. I would tell the, I would tell someone getting into the game to just focus on making sure you have that presence. And, and we were running SEO in the background, but you don't need you know, 40, 50, 60 pages of information, because at least in our case, no one's really reading. They're it getting ignored. Yeah, there's They're a lot to ignored. unpack there. And and I want to kind of go step by step. First things first, you said social media was a, a bigger focus for us in the past than it is now. Mm -hmm. Somewhat of a, a necessary evil, if, if I'm understanding properly, at least as things go now, we got to be where the eyeballs are. They're still there for the most part. But from a yep. budgetary standpoint, less invested on it, more focused on the website and the traffic. And I think it makes sense. Anybody that was advertising 2010 to 2019 or so knows the, the wild west of Facebook advertising and getting $5 leads, no longer the case, you know, far more competition, far more difficult of a process for people to see your content as you, as you described. And so the strategies changed a little more towards the organic search traffic website driven clientele or, or lead population. I think those things, you know, if, I, if I'm somebody looking up a gym, first thing I'm going to do or looking to join a gym, search gyms near me. And if I'm not one of those top few ranked pages, there's probably a very little chance that somebody's actually going to scroll to the second or third page options on Google. And so you guys took that as a bigger focus. We've got some things going on in the background to, to increase those rankings. But from a user standpoint, there's not much time spent on anything other than the direct landing page, whatever our .com is, and how do I get contact info? You know, That's right. That tells me a lot. That tells me that people coming to your website are probably interested. They're just looking for a route to get in, you know, whatever's the quickest and easiest streamlined path to do so, contact, phone or email, whatever that looks like. Take me to the next step. I want to hear a little about how people sign up for this, Mike. So somebody's interested, they reach out. 
what's the the process how many tell me about the, the checkpoints along the way for somebody to actually go from interested lead to now paying client so the main thing we always try to do is we want to bring them into the door into the physical facility one of the things that we have going for us that uh, maybe not every gym has the luxury of when you walk into stg it's almost overwhelming the amount of equipment we have and even if somebody didn't understand the the level in terms of some of the sought after pieces we have and, and and the quality of some of the stuff that we have the scope and the depth when you walk in is is pretty remarkable for a private gym so that's one of the things we pride ourselves in so when they when they walk in and maybe they're shopping me against some of my competition i don't really know i find that there's at least in my area nobody that can go toe to toe with me in terms of that first wow factor so you can't really get that across in the digital sense. They have to come in person. So whatever they send to me, whatever their goals are, whatever their times are, whatever their apprehensions are, the real first focus is to get them to walk in the door. The other thing that does is I find that it weeds out the real people from the people that are just tire kicking anyways, because if you actually get them to come in the door, you know they're fairly serious. They're either going to sign up with you or they're going to sign up with someone else. But if they're getting out of their house, they're getting in a car, they're actually going to a physical location, you can be sure that they're at least a certain degree of seriousness. People are just emailing you back and forth or, or sending you messages back and forth. Obviously, be polite and, and you still treat them with respect and, and try sure. to help them. But the ones that you focus on are the ones that actually took the time to come and meet you. Also, I find with just a simple five-minute in-person conversation, you can get through what would be hours of emails. It's just a far more efficient way of uh, talking with people. And then from there, I generally explain what we do at the facility, which is full body strength training. And I don't need to go through the whole pitch right now, but I explain what we do, what they can expect coming into the gym. And then uh, essentially I hand the mic over to them. I want them to tell me what their goals are, what their concerns are, why they decided to come into this gym or why they decided to start a fitness routine. And I let them tell me what they're looking for. And if I feel that we're a good fit, I, I tell them the, the packages, the prices and that kind of stuff. And I'll be very honest with them. I feel that we're not the facility for them. I'll just straight up tell them that too. I just be honest with people. That last part is, is interesting and something that I, I think our industry has historically been lacking a bit on. And it's, are we a good fit for them, but are they a good fit for us? Mm -hmm. As somebody who has spent as many years in the industry as you have, was it always that way for you? Or did that kind of ingrain itself more as the experience and the demand grew for what you did? In the early days, I was probably more strict on that than I am now. Oh, interesting. So okay. when I would when I would interview people, I, I wouldn't say that I kicked out more than I let in, but there was a, probably a higher percentage of people I didn't let in because I, if I didn't feel that they had the right mentality, then it just was going to be a waste of my time. Now, that might not be the greatest business decision I ever made, but I have grown in, in the last 15 years, pretty much every single year since. And I find that having the right people, A, it's going to give you better quality of life because you're going to enjoy working with these people. Now, you don't have to enjoy working with people to uh, um, to run a business, but it does it does mean it a helps. lot. I have very good relations with the people that uh, that I work with. And some of that might be kind of the small town aspect of, of where we are too. We're not in the big city. But I've also found that when you're working with the right people, 
they're also going to get better results. They're going to have the right mentality when they're doing the workout. You can give someone the best nutrition advice and the best workout advice. And if they do not have the right mentality, then they're not going to stick around anyways. And when you have people that are coming in the door and they're getting stronger and they're getting in better shape and they're having better quality of life, they're the ones that are running through the town and, and telling everybody about you. So if you're focusing your time on the, the right people, that multiplies better than if you're putting your time into the, the wrong people. So I, I would say that we're, we don't make a habit of telling people this isn't the facility for them. But if we truly believe that, you know, it just isn't going to work for them. Because one of the things we focus on is fairly high intensity training. And, and we explain to people, it's very safe. It's very biomechanically sound, but you're going to be working very hard. And if you don't have that mentality to get to those repetitions that are needed to get the results, there's other options out there. But again, by focusing on the people with the right mentality, the people that are there to actually do the work, not only do you have a better work day, but I find that you grow much, much better, much more organically, because it's almost like the right people are running around town and, and telling everybody. Sure. And to even expand on that, Mike, I mean, we bring in the right people and they have a great experience. They're more likely to share it. We bring in the wrong people and they have a poor experience. They're incredibly likely to share it, which is far harder to undo. You know, it's the, the positive feedback versus negative feedback. Positive yes. feedback, it resounds, but negative feedback, it lingers. And to undo that is a challenge. You as the gatekeeper early on, making sure that we can actually deliver on what we're talking about as a business, I think all of that plays a role. Now, paint me a picture of where all of this is going, Mike. We've, we've done this a handful of times over with other gyms in the past. Where do you see the future of STG as time goes on? That's a good question. I've been of the belief for some time that the the best laid plans don't really mean too much. I, even if you were a religious person, what, what do they say? Uh, um, man makes plans and God laughs, something mm. along those lines. I had no intention of ever owning or operating a gym. That wasn't ever one of my goals. It, it literally just happened. And what I've been explaining to people, at least for me, is I've just been riding the wave this whole time. And uh, the more I get out of my own way and just realize that I'm on this wave, I think that things just kind of work out. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not hardworking. That doesn't mean I don't put in the hours and I don't try to better my craft and do these things. But uh, I get up every day. I enjoy what I do. I try to do it better than the day before. And um, just like I was saying, making sure that every session is the, the best possible session, it's kind of, things kind of take care of themselves. I could tell you that one of my goals would be, I currently have three facilities. One of them is the main facility. The other one is um, where we have a registered massage therapist and physiotherapist. And then I have what I call my overflow facility, which just, I happen to own the, um, the building and the land. And we do some private training out of there. It's it's big enough to have one session with a person at a time. I would love to take all of them and put them into an even larger facility. So kind of consolidate under one roof as opposed to having multiple facilities. But you know, I could I could see a, a deal tomorrow or in the next town over. Good land, good building. And then I just move some equipment over there. You know, I, I could even see going out of Canada one day. Um, we talked a little bit off air about some of the uh, the challenges in different countries. And uh, for those who aren't in Canada, 
it is not the greatest place to do business. It is it is very restrictive. There is yeah. many laws against um, uh, business owners. I have a friend who owns a, a chain of gyms in the States and even the way that he recruits his personal trainers, it's fantastic. He does a great job. His entire method would be it's essentially deemed illegal in Canada. And it's, when I say illegal, it's not to mean that he's doing something unethical or something that's that's wrong. He Just is a great matter where you landed. Yeah. yeah, and you know, and I, I have some friends that are in the UAE, and they talk about business over there. And it's, I don't want to say it's the wild west, but it seems like they're really pro business. And I, I sometimes think about, well, if I just supplanted my gym on the other side of the world with those business laws and those tax laws, what would it look like? So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have an idea of moving into a bigger facility in, in this area, but I, I find that anything can come up and it's more about being flexible and having the, uh, uh, the courage and the resources to, um, to make use of those opportunities. Yeah, the, the adaptability trait is one that certainly came in handy. U.S., Canada, pretty much anywhere you were over these last few years, and I'm sure that 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 played a role for you guys to set you up where you are now. One last question for you, Mike, and, and this is more of a, a reminiscing type question. It's been a while since you got the first facility off the ground, but if you were to to speak to somebody about to pull the trigger on their first facility, what would be the best advice that you could shell out? So I'll give you a bit of a backstory, but the simple answer to this is just get started. Back in... 2000 and 2007 or 2008, I essentially didn't have a facility for a number of months because I had I had lost the building that I was I was leasing, and it took me a little bit of time to buy the the new land and, and build the new building. And I, I luckily I had a friend one town over. He had a really nice private gym, and he let me um, train my clients over at his place. So that was very kind of him. But it, like I said, it was several months between the two. Well, I happened to come into contact with another gentleman. He was a little bit older than me. He would have probably been mid to late forties at the time. I would have been, I don't know, mid twenties at the time. So I was a little bit younger and I had just put up the I-beams for that building. So there was no walls, no, no, no drywall, anything like that. No, no machines have been moved on premises. We both owned about 45 to 50 exercise machines. And so I was just slightly ahead of him, the fact that I'd put some I-beams up. But realistically, we were at almost the exact same position in terms of where we were in the development of our business. Well, fast forward to today, and we're fortunate enough that we're on our fifth facility. We got about 120, 130 pieces of exercise equipment, multiple locations. I have a great team around me. Things couldn't be going any better. And that particular gentleman, I'm not trying to throw him under the bus because he'll probably listen to this, but he has not trained a single person. He still has all of his equipment storage. He never took the took the leap. Now, now he's uh, he's in his 60s. And not say that he can't start now, but it certainly gets probably harder. He every backs year. against the wall a little more, yeah. And I would say that almost every email that he's sent me over the last 10 years, is maybe this is rude on my part, but I've sent him a one-sentence reply to every single one, just get started. And he hasn't yet. I hope he does. And maybe he even listens to this and that's his motivation to do so. And then for all the other people that are listening, there's, there's always going to be something that's not perfect. And just to give you an example, when I had my third facility, the county that I was in wouldn't allow me to have water in it because they were afraid that I was going to live in the gym. 
And I thought it was funny because if I'm paying the taxes, I should be able to live where I want, but I had no that intention well. of living. That's right. By no intention of living in the gym. So for almost two years, I operated a gym without water, which means we had no bathrooms. Now you think yeah. about what kind of a challenge that would be. Every single person coming in and out, they know they have to go to the, uh, the Tim Hortons donut shop down the road to use a bathroom. If I have to go to the bathroom, I got to run out the facility and I have to go down the road too. You can't hold it all day. So that nope. would be a huge, hey, this isn't a perfect scenario. You know, maybe you don't have the square footage that you want. In our case, we didn't have running water. Maybe you don't have the team that you want. Maybe the parking situation isn't ideal. Maybe you don't have the equipment that you want yet. There's always going to be something, but you have to push through all that. And you have to just get started, train that first person, buy that first piece of equipment, take that first course that is going to help with your education, but you got to go and you got to get started because the first step really is the hardest. And then it does seem to be downhill after that. That runs fairly parallel to a phrase that comes up on this a lot when it's it talks about when there's apprehension about joining a gym or starting a training program or whatever it is and a lot of the time we say the heaviest weight in the facility is the front door yeah. you know it's 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 a just pull the trigger you know i hope this interview is the catalyst for your colleague to get started but we'll see it's a good place for us to wrap our conversation up but I do want to save a minute for you to tell people where they can learn more about STG or the other facilities. What's the best website? What are the social media links? How can people find out more about what you do, Mike? Any sort of Google search for STG Strength and Power should bring you right to the website. We have a YouTube channel where we have a little bit of longer content. I think it's just YouTube backslash STG Strength and Power. On uh, Instagram, we're at Mecca of the North. And like I said, just a, a Google search on the gym name should bring everything together in one nice place. Straightforward and simple. Well, this has been a great experience to get to, to look underneath the hood of how you're operating this facility and what you're thinking about as time goes on. I appreciate you coming on here, Mike, and I wish you nothing but the best. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate being on it. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.